Hi, my name is Jamie, and I am a depressed optimist. After years of having a bad attitude, I decided that I wanted to at least try and change that. While I don't have it all figured out, this is an opportunity to come along with me as I make my way. On this podcast, I'll get a little personal, a little emotional, and a little analytical so that I can have hope, get shit done, and find happiness. Because today is as good as any other. Hello! It's Jamie, and today I have an episode planned that I think is really important to me and a lot of other people that I know in my life, and it's just a subject that is sort of adjacent to things that I've been passionate about for a really long time, and that is senioritis, uh, the science of it, and burnout, and particularly burnout with students, um, why so many students are essentially running on empty, so stressed nowadays. And I think I really started thinking about this because I've always been a really productive student, even in high school, even in like my younger years in elementary and middle school. I've always been somebody that really enjoyed school, that really loved academics and academia and all throughout college. That's been a piece of my life. But recently I am a senior and I'm graduating college in about two months. Um, I felt myself becoming slightly less productive and not even less productive, but also just more fatigued and tired and drained. And I sort of identified this as senioritis. And I think that sort of for the purposes of this, for the purposes of this episode, it's really important to define what senioritis is. And when you Google senioritis, the first definition that comes up on Google is a supposed affliction of students in their final year of high school or college characterized by a decline in motivation or performance. And I think that that's definitely a piece of this, but I really wanted to dive into senioritis, why it happens, the science of it, the specifics of what it does to your body, to your brain chemistry, and why it seems that so many students in their final year of high school or university are beginning to experience this decline and this sort of lack of motivation and productivity um, because it feels... It feels unhealthy as a part of our society that it's a sort of expected thing that when these essentially kids, and I mean, I'm not calling myself a kid because I don't particularly subscribe to the idea that I myself am a child, but especially we can think about this even with high schoolers, which I think that it's a little bit easier to call high schoolers kids, but these kids, these young people and young adults essentially are experiencing these really... Uh, heavy moments of fatigue and it's so common in our society and I think that that's worth examining as a part of our education system because this is a phenomenon that's particularly linked to the education system and the way that people move about it and it doesn't seem very effective or very healthy that essentially for the last year of whatever educational track that you're pursuing that you're not getting the most out of your education or in fact that your education is impacting your mental and physical health in a negative way. I think that when I started to experience some of these things as a part of my last year of university, I really began to understand it as a sort of burnout. Um, And burnout can be defined as a state of emotional, physical, and mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. It occurs when you feel overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and unable to meet constant demands. Burnout is something that is common 
in our society in general, specifically as it's linked to adults in the working world. Student burnout is definitely common. However, when you hear the term burnout, it's often associated with people who are working stressful jobs, like you hear about lawyers and doctors, executives, all of those kinds of people who are working really stressful situations are experiencing burnout. But burnout is something that I think, especially nowadays, a lot of people can relate to no matter who you are, because we live in a culture that promotes excessive workaholism. So how does this relate to students and the way that students function? I think one of the first things that caught my attention about this student burnout phenomenon and why students nowadays are experiencing burnout so much more than probably students of past generations, there's a lot of reasoning behind it, I think, that we can delve into. But one of the first things that I started to pay attention to was this increase in productivity culture and the way that students feel pressured to perform and excel at higher rates than they probably were in the past, and also the increase in the cost of education, specifically college education, four-year degrees, etc. Over the course of the past 10 years alone, the cost of a four-year college degree in the United States has increased 37%, which is a large percentage, especially for that short of an amount of time. And while this doesn't affect everybody who's going to college, it affects a large number of student populations across the country. And what that has caused is this pressure and necessity for students to be working while they're in school. A lot of people who are in college right now are supporting themselves entirely or perhaps are supporting themselves partially when many years ago people could support themselves going through school by just having a part-time job or a summer job with the increased cost of tuition that has become pretty much impossible for anybody to do and people are slapped with student loans. So what this causes in a lot of cases is students feeling this necessity, this pressure to be involved on campus and be a good student, but also to be working at the same time, and it causes this increase in stress. I know a lot of people personally, including myself, who, you know, we all work through school. That's just a thing that happens. And that has been a thing in the past, but now it has this added pressure, this added weight to it of the fact that this job can't pay off all your student loans and you need to be able to do that in the future as well. Because not only do you have to be able to provide those things for yourself currently as you're in school, but you're also feeling this pressure to, you know, exit school and find employment that can pay all your bills and pay off all these student loans. So while that's one piece of the puzzle of this sort of productivity culture and the way that it affects students and burnout and senioritis and this increased cause of stress, there's also just the general overload of student stress from an early age nowadays. And I think that's one of the biggest pieces of what's causing this overall increase in student stress and this increase in young people feeling fatigued and tired and constantly overworked. Even anecdotally, it's really easy to note the fact that over the past few years, probably the past two decades, homework and standardized testing and pressure on students themselves has increased from a really early age. It's becoming a serious issue that 
first and second graders are coming home with ridiculous amounts of homework. And study after study shows that this kind of test prep and this homework and overloading students with work at such an early age or really ever is not only not beneficial to the students educationally or mental health wise, but it also isn't even necessarily an accurate assessment of anybody's intelligence or their ability to perform well or to practice the skills that they're being taught in school. So these are a lot of pieces of, you know, these things being added on to these students' lives are affecting them poorly. And from an early age, that buildup of stress is going to result in fatigue that these students are essentially becoming used to as a part of their daily lives. But they're not necessarily being given the skills and the tools to combat it or to recognize it even as a negative issue. Different forms of alternative education are becoming a lot more popular now because people are realizing that that is the best way to educate their children in an environment that doesn't cause stress and that doesn't promote unhealthy habits for essentially no reason. But the majority of students are still experiencing this kind of overworking, this kind of stress, and this kind of normalization of those things. I actually had the opportunity for this episode to speak to um, some people who are working in the alternative education industry, I guess you would call it. And I spoke with one teacher who has been a pioneer of Waldorf education for a long time um, in our local area. And one of the things that she had to say is, I'm seeing senioritis with my sixth graders right now. A lot of these alternative schools in these Waldorf style or Montessori style education schools are taking in kids that are products of the public school system. And it's interesting to watch the ways that these teachers, such as the woman that I had the pleasure of speaking with from this Waldorf style education school, managed to sort of assess these issues as a part of their education and their plans for moving forward with these kids' educations. And it's just really surprising to note that something that I always thought was probably senioritis based on my own experience is actually something that kids of all ages can begin to experience based on their stress levels. And that it's not something that's particular just to seniors, but it's something that can afflict all ages of people and students and can really come about as young as about sixth grade or even younger than that depending upon the amount of stress and pressure that these students are experiencing. And this teacher that I spoke to noted the difference between these public school kids that they were getting in from the public schools versus kids that had been educated in their schools from the get-go and saying that these kids would feel like their self-worth was linked to grades and just not understanding the idea of learning things for fun. And it was just really interesting to note that, you know, our culture is set up in a way that conditions people to feel like they really need to be breaking their backs and working hard and that that is what life is supposed to be about even from you know the perspective of these young young kids and I think that only in the past like you know couple of decades it's gotten so so much worse at such a more rapid pace because of standardized testing and this increase in homework. So when thinking about the ways that this actually isn't just something that affects seniors and older kids, high schoolers and college students, but this stress can actually be something that 
you know, creates patterns with students from a really, really young age, I began to even notice patterns of the fact that when we come towards the end of academic years, academic semesters even, that people begin to sort of drop off. And it's not just about the end of earning your degree or your diploma, that, you know, kids and students begin to sort of feel this fatigue and feel this decline towards the end of, you know, semesters, academic school years, whenever, you know, your final exams are coming around. That is a phenomenon as well. And is senioritis just sort of a heightened, more culturally hot button version of that sort of stress and that sort of fatigue. So ideally, the solution to all of this is just stop being stressed, don't put yourself in situations like this, but that's not always the most feasible option, especially not for young people who might not exactly have a choice in their educational situation. So I wanted to sort of think about the psychology behind it and perhaps maybe other solutions and other explanations and ideas surrounding this student fatigue and student stress. And I had the opportunity to speak with Hope Walbach about this, who is a psychology student at Cedar Crest College, who is also a proponent for holistic health and holistic health education. And when we were talking about this, she brought up the idea of adrenal fatigue. And I at first had no idea what adrenal fatigue even was, but luckily I asked her a couple of questions and I have pulled some quotes from her that I think are really helpful about understanding adrenal fatigue and the ways that it can affect students particularly. Hope defines adrenal fatigue as essentially interchangeable with the symptoms of burnout. Many people are dealing with the symptoms and have no idea because it's more talked about in the holistic community than the necessarily medical community. Going a little deeper, Hope explained that adrenals are the glands that sit on top of your kidneys and they produce sex hormones and cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone, um, and people with adrenal problems will start out by being in a constant state of stress, sort of like how our society is pretty much running today. This can cause a lot of anxiety. Then there comes the stage when people don't produce enough cortisol during the day, but their cortisol will spike at night. So these people usually feel tired and drained during the day, but then have a higher energy at night and have problems sleeping. But the third stage is adrenal fatigue, which is a constant state of low cortisol production and low energy. This can be accompanied by depression, and at the worst point, people struggle to get out of bed in the morning. Hope even says that she personally went through this herself, and with such high demands on us, with society telling us that we have to be in a constant state of go, 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 never slowing down, it can be really hard to recover from. When asked about its correlation with senioritis, Hope had to say, I think that burnout is a part of senioritis, but it isn't the whole picture. There's only a certain amount of stress that people can take constantly before burning out. So in that aspect, I definitely think that senioritis is related to burnout. It's a load of mental and emotional stress that can't be handled effectively by most people for a long time. So I think it's really important to note that in this day and age, with all of this stress and all of this overwhelming anxiety that can be caused by such a high-pressure environment like school or like a very high-pressure work environment, that 
this sort of fatigue and stress that we're experiencing can either result in or be a result of very serious physical ailments to our body. It even affects things like our hormone levels, which is really scary come to think of it, especially for young teenagers, young adults, and growing individuals. So I think as both a student or somebody who's experiencing this kind of stress or senioritis who wants to break the cycle, or maybe a parent of a child who's in school, you're probably gonna be asking yourself this question both for yourself and your loved one or loved ones, how do I stop this from happening? Because I don't want myself and my kids to be involved in this constant cycle of stress and unwellness as a result of these high demands. I think the best solution is really going to depend on you and your family and the needs that you guys specifically have because no two people and situations are exactly alike and no two people have the ability to sort of do the same exact things and provide yourself with the same exact kinds of care. But I think that the number one thing that is really important at the very least to do is to structure an awareness around the kinds of work that's being demanded of you and your kids and being understanding of exactly what those needs are, whether you're feeling tired that day or perhaps are structuring the boundaries and limits on what kind of activities you want to sign your kid up for or the kinds of activities that you yourself want to be involved with on campus. Even if we know that maybe the environments that we or our families are in are not necessarily the healthiest, that doesn't mean that everybody has the resources and the life opportunities to leave college or take their kids out of public school and either homeschool them or place them in an alternative school. Some of those things are gonna depend on what career path you're going for if you're a college student or where you live and what kinds of financial opportunities your families have if you are thinking about your own children. But that doesn't mean that you need to do those things, but maybe it just means that you need to live from a place of awareness about caring for yourself and knowing when to place limits on certain things. I know parents and teachers that advocate for not forcing your young children to do external extracurricular activities in their spare time because they need time to rest and relax and play. And I myself as a college student have had to turn down opportunities to do things that I personally probably would have extended myself to do like clubs on campus or other leadership roles that I've had opportunities for because I know that even though I might be able to extend my reach and manage to get it done, I'm not sure that it would be beneficial to my health and therefore I've begun to set those boundaries. And that can be really hard, but I think it's important to live from that place of awareness and to do those things for yourself or your kids. And to go even more off of that, I think that even just practicing self-care and being aware of your practice of self-care is really important in reducing this kind of stress. And I don't just mean doing nice things for yourself and practicing the sort of superficial levels of self-care, but I also mean remembering to do things that are really good for you in your daily life that are going to help you be able to function at a rate of lower stress than perhaps maybe you were before. 
like cultivating a regular practice of health and wellness, like having a yoga practice or a meditation practice or eating foods that are healthy for you or making sure that you're drinking enough water and getting enough sleep. And also being conscientious if these are things that you're doing for not just yourself but your family, being conscientious of ingraining that in your kids and making sure to teach from a place of wanting them to be aware of those things, not just doing it as a regular part of life, but understanding and insisting that these things are important for your kids to carry with them throughout their lives. I think that this is particularly important for teenagers to, you know, constantly be reminded of these practices of self-care, because I think in a lot of ways, teenagers are experiencing some of the worst of this fatigue, and they're in a place where they're near the transition that comes with, you know, turning into a real adult, and that's when a lot of these practices are going to be most beneficial for them. Besides those things, if you are able to do more for yourself and for your family and to center the education of your children or your own education in your own life around this sort of place of being less stressed and not having this fatigue and engaging in alternative education practices and making this care for yourself the center point of the life that you have, that's brilliant and I'm really happy for you for being able to do those things and taking the steps to care for yourself and your family in that way. And I know that this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to student fatigue, student stress, senioritis, and the patterns behind it, but I have really enjoyed being able to explore and speak to the people that I've spoken to, and thank you guys so much for listening in and a big thank you to the people that I have spoken to and interviewed as a part of my process for this episode. Thank you so much to the teacher that I spoke with, the parents that I've spoken with, and to Hope from my school. I really appreciate your guys's help. And to everyone listening, thank you guys again so much, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys in my next episode. Have a wonderful day. Namaste.